Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track. I am your host Darren. Today we're going to be talking about Take Me With You from Purple Rain. It is the second song coming straight after Let's Go Crazy. It was recorded on the 27th of January 1984 at Sunset Sound. Uh, later on Prince did some uh, overdubs but that was when the, the basic track was done. Uh, it was released on the 25th of uh, June 1984 and itself, it was released as a single, the final single, I think, from Purple Rain on the 25th of January, 1985. Warner Brothers really milking Purple Rain <laughs> as much as they possibly could. Uh, once they saw they had a hit, uh, they just didn't let it stop. On the track, we've got Prince and The Revolution, which at this point is Bobby Z, Brown Mark, Dr. Fink, Wendy and Lisa. And then we have strings from David Coleman, uh, Nova Novog, and Susie Katayama. And of course... Um, this is essentially meant to be a duet between Prince and Apollonia, though given the weakness of Apollonia's singing voice, Prince elected to uh, triple track her voice, so he sings her vocals as well, um, and then also Lisa uh, sings her vocal line, so basically <laughs> it's Prince doing a duet with Prince. The track on the album is uh, 3 minutes and 54, the single version cuts it down a little bit with a, a you know a slightly quicker fade out. In the film, it appears 16 and a half minutes in, uh, Apollonia and Prince have just gone to the uh, music store and in the window is hanging Prince's custom guitar. I don't know why this shop has Prince's custom guitar, but that's the shot that we see as the song begins and we get the little drum fill. Uh, and then we go out to what is revealed to not be Lake Minnetonka. Prince never reveals which lake we're actually next to um, out there uh, on the city limits, of, but uh, it's not Lake Minnetonka. Um, and then around 22 minutes, uh, 30 seconds, we get the, the kind of the fade out of the song comes in uh, as we go back, you know, into the city as Prince rides off in his bike with Apollonia on the back. Uh, and we'll discuss what happens between those two points in the film. Uh, now, rejoining me today is a uh, former guest, Richard Burns. Hello, Richard. Hi, Darren. And um, I'm just going to say, of course, on the first episode we had you on, you mentioned that, you know, after Prince's death, and I think this was something that happened, you know, around um, around America quite a lot. Um, Purple Rain went back into uh, into theatres for, you know, a, a few a few nights in places. Uh, you know, some places they dared and had a double bill as yours did with uh, Under the Cherry Moon. I feel like that's a way to make people Prince fans and then two hours later make them not Prince fans anymore. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Under the Cherry Moon. It's not a good film by any stretch. There's some good songs on that soundtrack, but uh, really, if you're going to watch uh, Prince Double Bill, you should probably have Sign of the Times as the second one rather than Under the Cherry Moon. What were your thoughts on seeing that film? I don't know if you'd seen it before you saw it in that double bill, but um, you know, did what, what were your thoughts? Because obviously... Yeah, to me, it's a very, you know, I love that film, but I think that's just because I've been a Prince fan for so long. I kind of overlooked the flaws. Uh, so what were your kind of brief thoughts on, on how that film came across in terms of, you know, the myth of Prince, I would say, is probably the best way to frame it. Yeah, it's, um, that's, it's a huge part of, I think, making that myth. Uh, it's, a, it's certainly flawed, I, but I think the, the melodramatic sort of parts that aren't about his... Uh, or about his family are, are heavier than maybe the movie can support, but I think that's all. I, I get the feeling it's all fairly autobiographical. I don't know if that's the case or not, but it feels that way, and so even when they're sort of acting maybe subpar or like rushing emotional beats, it still works. Uh, I think it certainly is a film that makes people Prince fans, 
Well, however strong you find it as a movie, I think the performances are undeniable. And I believe they did they, they recorded live performances? For everything that's kind of um, from Darling Nikki onwards, everything that's kind of on the second side, uh, they did live performances for all of them. Um, and then uh, they kind of went back into the studio and overdubbed stuff. But yeah, Certainly. when you hear the crowd in Purple Rain on, on the song Purple Rain that's on the album, you're hearing a real crowd in Minnesota hearing that song um, not for the first time, because he actually, they rehearsed a lot of the album for a few months at the end of 1983 before they went to First Avenue and recorded. But yeah, a lot of the other songs, not this song, but a lot of the other songs were recorded uh, live in Minnesota to, uh, you know, to, to kind of capture uh, the kind of being at the Prince concert, uh, which, you know, in the film comes over really well, you know. Uh, and I like, yeah, the, like all the all the songs, even the stuff by, you know, The Time and, and Des Dickerson and you know everybody else it is all you know really good stuff yeah, um, yeah. now this song it's, itself was originally written for Apollonia 6 um and it wasn't going to be a prince song and in fact it wasn't even going to be on purple rain the album as it stood purple rain was originally going to be pressed with only eight tracks and then prince wanted this song put on so they rearranged the order of the songs and a couple of the songs were cut shorter um and this song was basically fitted onto the album um, which you know might explain why it's it's kind of like four minutes. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the other songs on the album were a little bit longer. So, but yeah, it wasn't originally going to be a song on the album because it was going to be on the Apollonia Six album. Um, I'd say that this is a, a ballad. Um, you know, it's a it's a duet between Prince and what should be Apollonia, but obviously, <laughs> um, due to other things, is kind of not really Apollonia. And you know, the lyrics are quite simple, uh, a little repetitive. You know the. I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. I don't care, pretty baby. Just take me with you. So just, you know, saying, I just want to be with you, um, you know. And the and the verses kind of spell that out, out you know, as well. The, the talk of, you know, disguising the pounding of your heart and, you know, um, the, the kind of bridge about, <laughs> I don't care if we spend the night on your at your mansion, uh, which given <laughs> in the film, nobody has a mansion, really. <laughs> Uh, Morris kind of brags about how big his house is and how he's got a chef and all this kind of stuff, but it's all just lies, um, you know. So it's it's interesting that there's kind of these weirdly aspirational lyrics, um, which in the end come down to "I just want to spend the night together in your arms." It is sort of that's a strange line about the mansion. Um, it doesn't really fit with the. It doesn't fit into the movie. It's interesting that uh, it fades in from sort of the cacophonous ending of Let's Go Crazy. The last thing you hear on that song is him sort of screaming, take me away, and going to a song about take me with you. And yeah. that, and it's, it's, it's interesting that that ends so kind of raucously. And then that's still going on with the, the drum fill at the beginning of this song that then comes down into what I would agree is like a ballad. It's a very pretty song. It has yeah. those strings. It has that sort of a. I guess it's just yeah. It's just more more strings. But like, do, 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 do. It's very yeah. No, that is a wonder. It, and the thing is as well, like um, this is probably I'm going to be honest, the weakest track on the album, but it still has so much good stuff going on. And I do like as well where he says your sheer perfection, and you get the little kind of thank, thank you, you, just kind of like it's just it's just so and like there's little touches like that that kind of raise this song a little bit, you know. Um, and I I love that drum fill at the start, you know. Um, you know, Prince obviously a big fan of the Lynn drum machine for about the first ten years of his career. Um, and having a drummer in the band here, having Bobby Z actually in the band, you still get the drums, but um, uh, Prince had rigged up 
the Lin drums so that they could be played live, which was not something that you usually did. You like you programmed a drum machine, you set it off, and then you just you played along to the drum machine basically, and that was how drum machines were used. But Prince had apparently rigged a couple of Lin drum machines up so that Bobby Z could play the drums, but also hit the drum machine and and add drum machine sounds into like when they played live. And that's what this is here. It's it's Bob, you know, it's Bobby Z just doing his fill, and the Lin drum machines then come in with that kind of, um, I don't know, I, I'd say like a kind of, um, it's kind of like a steady beat, isn't it, that just kind of plays the rest of the song. Yeah. The, the drums kind of, kind of you you kind of perk up to get into the song, and then it kind of slows down to the the proper kind of uh, rhythm. So it's interesting that you know Prince was kind of messing around here and just having a having the band. I think on this album. Because, uh, you know, obviously previous album to this was 1999 and the band were there, but they weren't really contributing as much stuff as they do on this album. And having a band in the studio kind of adding stuff like the drum fills, something that Prince himself might not have done, um, you know, kind of makes us to kind of just brings the songs on Purple Rain up a little bit. Benefits a lot from the sort of fullness of the, uh, their instrumentation. And I also think, um, before we move off the topic, uh, the, the idea of that drum beat settling down, sort of starting from sort of a this place. I think it, it speaks to the content of him sort of falling in love and sort of a peaceful, not that love ever seems all that peaceful with Prince, it seems like he's very, uh, very kind of wedded to his passions, but um, it's, he's, you know, he's falling in love and getting to know this person, and I think it has a common influence, and he's just, he's very... Uh, and I think as well, you know, uh, I sort of fit in with the theme of the film, it, you know, uh, Prince obviously is living in his parents' basement. In real life, Prince's parents divorced when he was 13 and he went to live with his friend uh, Andre Simone. You know, he really didn't have that much to do with his parents. So in the film, the fact that his parents are still together but fighting is not really autobiographical for Prince's, you know, actual family life. But I think it's interesting that that's the kind of the version of a life that he chose is, well, imagine he's, you know, this tortured artist living in his parents' basement while they fight above him. And his father's a tortured artist, which in in real life was true. You know, his his father, John Nelson, was a musician. You know, Prince most famously is named after uh, the Prince uh, Prince Rogers Quartet, which was the name of John Nelson's band. You know, there are aspects that are kind of true-ish. You know, the whole, uh, I don't care if we spend the night in your mansion. I think a lot of this, aside from that line, I think a lot of this song is about, it doesn't matter where in the world these people want to be. They just want to be with each other. And in the film, that kind of makes sense. And it's like, well, you're going to have to go to Prince's parents' basement. Like, that's that's where the romance... As they say on MTV Cribs, that's where the magic happens. And it's kind of, yeah. you know... And uh, in the film, Apollonia, you know, obviously is, is kind of living in a hotel. Uh, you know, Morris Day has got this kind of like hovel, you know, where he lives. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone is kind of living in really poor circumstances, but that's just so that they can all you know go to first avenue and and that's where prince really kind of lives is is on the stage and that's that's what the film makes clear yeah um, so it's interesting that there's nothing in the song about you know come join me and my band and on stage and you know cuz that's where prince really wants to be in the film but i just i just do love the fact that he's just saying you know i don't care where we go or, or what we do you know and i think that's in terms of like a ballad it's kind of interesting to be like look doesn't matter what the circumstances of you know uh, of our wealth or anything are it's just let's be in each other's company and that's the most important thing um, and i think you know that's a nice message to kind of get from this song yeah it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty common message but it's very evocative and it's very uh, i think it yeah it, it, it moves people it's a very uh, it's 
speaks to a lot of people's hopes that they can just, you know, make a life and be content with find their passion. I mean, it's almost saying love conquers all, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which is a well-worn theme, but at least it's an interesting way of kind of expressing it. Although I do love the lyric where it's like, uh, when, mu- when must we play this game? Which the way <laughs> the way Prince kind of syncopates it is quite interesting, where it's just like, when must we play this game? It's <laughs> like... It's interesting because, and we're going to have to discuss it, but this is this song bookends the scene where Prince um, talks with Apollonia about the initiation uh, for him to help promote her music career, and that she will need to bathe herself in the uh, in Lake, (laughs) purify herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, (laughs) uh, which of course leads to her taking off her leather jacket because obviously you don't want to get in water with leather because that would just ruin it. And jumping into this the cold water of Minnesota, uh, it's the land of thousand lakes, and obviously Prince did not take her to the right lake. And then, as as she's you know soaking wet, uh, Prince kind of admits that you know that was you know that was an interesting move. You know that was kind of ballsy that she just kind of jumped into this cold water without any real prompting. Um, and then you know as they drive off, Prince, being the eternal teenager, he keeps pulling his motorbike away as she keeps trying to get on, which is the stupidest thing. But I don't know, made me laugh because it's just like, oh, come on, Prince, get a grip. Um, yeah, a big part of my first, my initial impressions when I didn't know much about Prince was that he was kind of a very like self-serious, sort of mysterious guy. So seeing Purple Rain and seeing that scene, where he's, I mean, he, he's giggling. He's not laughing, he's giggling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, pulling yeah. his bike away, I'm just like... Wow, this is another side of Prince that is very interesting to see. Thing is, of course, you know, I, I, yeah, you say Prince, you know, he has a reputation for, you know, being serious or whatever. Um, but you know, he, he in interviews he could be very playful, you know, and he he could make kind of jokes with journalists and stuff. And um, you know, I think he had an early experience with some interviews where what was printed wasn't exactly what he'd said, and he felt kind of distrustful of journalism, and then he kind of refrained from doing any interviews. Um, but if if you look at some of his later interviews, you know, particularly with like Arsenio Hall and, you know, people who he was friends with, if he did an interview with someone who he was friendly with, he could be very funny and he could be very playful. Uh, and that is something that kind of comes out in, the, in, 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 you know, in this scene where Apollonia decides to strip off. Uh, and then obviously, you know, they ride back to the city as as the song kind of fades back in, but just for the fade out, you know, just for a few seconds of the fade out. I mean, practically everything on Purple Rain for me is five out of five. But I would say this is the only one that's really four out of five. <laughs> just because it's not as it's not as good as the other. You know, it's not as good as Let's Go Crazy. It's not as good as Purple Rain. It's not as good as Baby I'm a Star. Like, there's so many other Prince songs on that. You know, it's a short album, but there's so many other songs that are so better than this. That This is kind of the one where I have to be like, look, everything can't be five out of five on this album. One of them has to be slightly less and i think this is the song that's kind of like a four out of five what do you think richard you know for me it, it really it's the album that i i first kind of dove into and uh i just i'm very unaffectionate for the whole thing and i would i would give this one five out of five it's actually one of my favorites uh, now there's an interesting cover version by sharon jones and the dap kings sadly sharon um also died last year um she was actually i think a year or two older than prince uh, which i found to be quite interesting um, and they've rephrased the song so much that it, like, it doesn't really sound like the song anymore. It's a, it's a really interesting cover of it. And instead of kind of like doing the kind of couplets that Prince does, they kind of break the lines up a bit more, and and it's kind of a more kind of like jazzy version of it. Uh, and that's like a, it's a really, I would say it's 
for me, it's better than the original because it's she's got you know again uh, as I've said so many times now you know a woman covering Prince's falsetto it, it puts it kind of more in her natural vocal range and it's you know she actually t- I think takes it down a little bit as well so it's not completely and and it's in a slightly different key and everything it's it's a really interesting cover version. Um, what are your thoughts, Richard? It was an interesting version. It looked like it was off of a, a tribute album, I think, based off the YouTube uh, yes. album art. Uh, I was, yes, but yeah, I think it's it's an interesting version of the song. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. I would say this is one of the songs that what I like the most about it and why I find it to be so strong is just kind of Prince's vocal performance on it. Um, I don't think there's anything else we can say about this song, so... Uh, do you have anything you wish to plug, Richard? It can be found at uh, Twitter and Instagram as uh, Mr. Richard Burns, uh, Mr. MR. Great stuff. And you can find us on um, Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us at Prince Track by Track uh, at Gmail. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to email me, but uh, I don't know if you have some thoughts on Prince, then obviously you can always share them. Um, and other than that thanks for being my guest Richard thank you for having me Darren and goodbye